Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Saints Radio. This is your old pal, Pastor Ron Crawford, coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas on a rainy Tuesday. And it is good to be in the house of the Lord. I, I you know, it's it's been so funny over this past year, this season, how God has used these unusual times to cause there to be a savoring of things that he has taught us and blessed us with that may be in the fat, more faster-paced um, environs that we've enjoyed over these past couple of years. Maybe we've I speak for myself, maybe I've not savored them the way that I should. But in the midst of that, uh, as the Spirit highlighted various aspects of the pneumatikos life, it has been a richly fulfilling moment in time. You know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for a lot of things. Um, our calling as saints is superb that to me there's there's nothing to match it um you know especially in this this year with all of the uh, amazing things that have been happening there there is there's such a a rest and such a confidence in what God has asked us to do, and in, in, in fact, uh, when you see the world in fear and when you see a lot of churches that are, are really grasping for um, solace and for meaning, uh, for the saints, we we may not like the things we see in the natural, but in, at heart and in the spirit realm, we recognize that we were made to thrive in this. And um, I, I'm so grateful to God for his kindness to us in allowing us to not only be drawn close to him to let the Spirit of Truth guide us into these things that prior to uh, our accepting them were, were basically hidden. They're hidden in the Scripture. They're there. Because, you know, that's one of the things that from the very first, the very first days of the visitation that God was bringing to I can just speak for this house. The, the Lord said, you need to back everything up in Scripture. You, you, you need to identify what's happening in Scripture. And my spirit will help you, but you need to make sure this is the case. Now, at the time, coming out of the general church and after a regimen of pastoring in a, in a denomination or slash movement, um, I, I recognized that I needed to do this to safeguard my people here. And I needed to do this in order to know that where I was allowing them to go and where I was leading them was not on some crazy, fanciful pathway, but in something that was rooted and grounded in Scripture. So that was... That was the essence. And, you know, the Scripture tells us, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not miss the mark that God has put before me. You know, the word is a light and a lamp to us in the path we're, in the path and the road that we're going on. And that, that was the primary factor initially for me to know that, and there were so many people saying that we had gone round the bend, that we were 
off that we were a cult, that we were New Age, that we were blah, 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 blah. We were not following the scripture. And I think that irritated me more than anything because, you know, here I am hearing people that deliver the mail and people that are insurance adjusters telling me who had spent my whole life memorizing scripture and seven years of advanced study knowing what the scripture says that they were telling me we weren't scriptural when we had dedicated ourselves to establish everything in the word that irritated me but i had to lay that down too but you know the beauty of this walk is that we are we're enjoying the things that god revealed to us in his word and allowed us to experience in his spirit. And those things are not passing away. Those are wellsprings of sustenance. And the principles that God has given us through his word, and I say God has given us, um, are, are phenomenal. Uh, they, they, they don't fail. They keep moving uh, and breathing new life and strength and vitality. And I, I'm just so grateful for that. And this is, this is a week where we should be giving thanks. And we should, be, we should be doing that all the time. But this is a week where primarily in the midst of all the things that are going on in our nation and the world, we, we reflect on the goodness of our God and we give him thanks. And, you know, and I've been working on some things, and I've referenced this kind of in passing, but I've been working on something that the Spirit, is, here's an old King James word, the Spirit may, bade me do. And, and I've been putting together these pneumatikos pods. Maybe they're precepts. I thought about calling it... Uh, Pneumatikos precept pods, the PPP, P3. Uh, but I, I felt the Lord put it in my heart to do a progression of pods that are consist of five or six um, themes from the Word that God has given us. They all knit together. Like, you know, there are there's a pod on... Uh, our place of standing, and you can go through the uh, the terio. You can go through the parets, the the gap. <clears throat> you can go through the place where the, the cross has established you, and you take your stand there. And uh, those types of themes in one pod, and they all feed off one another, and they all they all bring together a um, a, a common thread and it's, it's like the, the threefold cord and more and you know so right now and these are basically elemental things these are, these are elemental teachings and right now we've got 25 of these pods and, um, and, and I, I've taken great, I don't want to say pains, but, but great deliberation not to go off into things that are we know are scriptural, but that the Spirit knit together. Like, uh, I'm, I'm grappling as to whether we should teach in these elementary pods about the seven spirits. Because even though I know that's something God gave and we've, we've backed up that every one of these is something that's listed in the Scripture, de demonstrating themselves as spirit of this, spirit of that, that, you know, there's some folks who have said, well, you know, you, even though we've gone through the, you know, the sevenfold pronouncements of Gabriel and the sevenfold pronouncements that God gives in the scripture and they line up beautifully with this progression of the seven spirits you know i i've tried not to involve that in these elementary things 
Um, but the point is that I keep rehashing it and going through it and then expanding upon it. You know, a big one is um, unknown tongues and diversities of tongues. And a lot of the a lot of the pneumatikos understandings that God's been giving us, like what we spoke about this past Sunday, the, the two fillings. And, you know, the other times where we were teaching about how our spirit prays. What does that mean? Um, and, and a lot of things that are not in the, the general church, uh, general church Pentecostal f- framework. And then you, you bring in diversities of tongues and what that means. And then then the next one is how you interpret. You know, what do you interpret? You know, you do, um, you do, what is the mysterion? What is, what is the apocalypsis? What, what is the hermeneo, which is what we're supposed to be doing when we interpret in tongues? And then you move on through, you know, as you're praying in, in supplication, which is a grace, grace and supplication, and diversities of tongues is a grace gift. You know, how do you, how do you then flow into an assessment of what God is saying in the prosuke or in, in, in the diasis and prosuke in the New Testament, the grace and supplication there? And then how do you move into uh, Iteo? And, and the, the petitions and the things that you make into declaration. See, those pods are things that we've not really done before. And I know we've done pneumaticos. I'm not denigrating anything. Um, but these are things that the, that the Lord's saying we need to get done. And, and what I'm saying is it's like a table. It's a table set before the people of God for a feast, and God is bringing in those that are hungry for that. And um, and and as I look at a look at these, it's it's so many of these topics are are old for us because we've been living them for years. Thanks be to God and utilizing them. But as you put these together. The Spirit just makes it come alive, and it's, it's a wellspring. And so I guess on this Thanksgiving week, I'm very, very thankful to the Lord for allowing us to have experienced this season together. You know, I, I still I don't fully understand, and God never asked me to understand. He just asked me to follow. He asked you to follow, too. I don't understand how all the things that we had planned were for this past year, the myriad number of trips and special special um, seminars and gatherings. Uh, I don't understand why they were canceled. You know, one of the ones that really... Uh, the Lord's in this. But one of the things that really disappointed me, and I'm not doubting God, I don't mean disappointment from the standpoint of doubting God, was our not being able to go up into West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Because at the time, we knew we were going to be gathering intercessors, and they're, they're functioning, and we are going to gather them. But the other factor was that we were going to be tapping into a reservoir of the Spirit in the deposits of the glory that God had reserved for this hour. He still reserved them. But the other factor was we knew that an election, a presidential election and a senatorial election, congressional election, was going to be happening and that those three states were going to be crucial in the election. And it's almost as if the Lord put us there, and I fully intended for us as saints to take dominion. And I was, you know, my ancestral background in West Virginia, Virginia, but my growing up in Pennsylvania, being born there in Pittsburgh and growing up there, I know that there is a measure of, of a histemi authority that God has given 
And as I see the nonsense that's going on in Pennsylvania over these past weeks, I think, God, did, did you position us and we were willing to obey to go as a network and we were going to take dominion? And did you, obviously you chose to not let that happen, but you brought us to the point where all the planning, all the things were there, and then you, you withdrew. That has to be the Lord's plan. And, and he's going to do something magnificent through it. But as I see, you know, when I was growing up, and my apologies to any of you that are from the eastern part of Pennsylvania, we in, we in Pittsburgh, it was just, it was known that what went on in Philadelphia was corrupt. <laughs> we, knew, we knew that. And, you know, the political machine there was just known for corruption. And everybody knew it. And if there were times when someone from Philadelphia was brought into the governorship in Harrisburg, the people in Pittsburgh and in the rural counties, we all knew, oh God, what's coming now? You know, what are they going to do? And so... It doesn't surprise me that the entire presidential election, with all due respect to the other battleground states, was being weighed by the chicanery of what goes on in Philadelphia. And I don't know what God would have done had we went in there as saints into that tri-state area and made our deck, as it, as it is, West Virginia, Ohio, you know, but Pennsylvania is kind of nutty. So, again, and another thing that I've learned is God's ways are not man's ways. There's a way that seems right to us. And the end is destruction. When you read in the book of uh, Daniel particularly, and you see the battle that goes on between the saints and the, the false rulers of the end time, and you see that God allows the saints to overcome, and then the scripture specifically says he allows them to be overcome. And then the kingdom becomes the saints. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of those kinds of things where we have to trust the fact that our God is, um, our God is jurisdicting what's happening. He's not confused. And there are times, as we studied, I remember we did a number of studies after the last attempt to go into India kind of fell apart due to a lot of issues, but primarily it was, you know, the government of India blocking. And uh, then there were other issues there. But we talked about that from the scripture, how times like, for instance, when the Apostle Paul would be geared up to go, people were praying, monies had been given, and then the Spirit says, no, don't go that way that, that you've been led to do. I'm going to do uh, an audible here at the line of, of uh, the line upon line, and, and you go to the West instead. And there's another time where the Spirit says the Spirit expressly forbade us from going into this place which meant i mean if you're if you're going to start forbidding that means that you had every intention to go and you you know for the apostle paul he wasn't playing around he he, he was ambitious but he was trying his best to be led of the spirit so if he felt he was supposed to do something man oh man the Spirit had to come in pretty strong to say, okay, Paul, this is me. Uh, don't do this. And so, you know, I, I have to believe that we are, we're being trained, continuing to be trained for, for the things that God has promised. And we, so we stick with what we're supposed to do. We stick with the fundamentals. We continue to pray in diversities of tongues. We continue to interpret. We continue to obey what God says. We study the word. We reach out. 
And, um, you know, it's not like we're languishing, not doing anything. I mean, my goodness, you know, I just talked about this amazing new thing that over the next year is going to be manifested for not only our pneumatikos base here in the States, but for, for the nations. I fully expect for these pods to be taught, and we're going to set up a... Um, a template of how each of them will, will function. And I fully expect for them then to be translated into Portuguese, for them to be translated into Spanish, for them to be translated into French. And not necessarily in that order, but this is going to be something that we're preparing for continents. And, you know, I know that there are other lands, other nations, you know, I, I fully expect for India to benefit from these because most of the people in the, in the urban areas speak English. Um, I fully expect for uh, the, the, uh, the African uh, the African nations that used to be Commonwealth of England to be able to utilize these because they speak English. And so, who knows? I mean, they're, they're probably coming a time when such things will be translated into other languages, but for now, we provide for the table place that God has set before us. And so we're, we're working on that. And man, you talk about measuring twice and cutting once. I don't know how many times I've sat down with the laptop and gone through those pots and gone through and then rearranged them and then added things. And then I'm going to make sure that this recipe to the best of our ability is, is not lacking, uh, in, in, uh, process. So that's happening. You know, this this coming Saturday, I, once again, we reach out to, um, to Brazil, to the pastors and leaders. Um, we're in the second semester, and, you know, this, this semester we're teaching, we've taught about the cross, and the, the primary emphasis of of in the spirit realm, what that means when you take up your cross and follow and you establish it. And you know, this week we're going to talk about parets and parats. You know, if, if we establish that we're there by the cross, well, we're going to stand in that gap where the cross has been assigned and we're going to, we're going to know breakthrough. And um, that's the theme of this semester. And, and the folks there are so precious. They are faithfully following this and studying and and um, I'm so grateful for that so we're we're staying busy as I <clears throat> as I know you are and um, but we are fully anticipating that as we go into this new year in, in uh, calendrically God is at some point, God is going to open the door for widespread travel again. I don't know what all is going to happen with that. But, man, I'm, we're already praying about what we can do nationally to where everybody feels right about it. And then looking to the fall for just rapid pace travel overseas. And I, I look, we, we were trained to do that. We've, we've done that the past couple of years. I mean, last year at this time, you know, we'd, we'd been in Brazil. We came back long enough to get adjusted to the time, and we went over to Versailles, uh, came back, got adjusted a little bit, went over to Belgium, came back. Um, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, I know, 63 years old, that it's it's kind of wearying. It's kind of wearying to have that happen. But if the Lord's in it, you do it. And so we've we've got agendas for Europe. We've got agendas for Brazil. 
And once that door by the Spirit is open and we have the leading, we're not going to let any grass grow under our feet. We're moving. But between now and then, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of intercession to do. And we've got things we've got to do here in the U.S. of A., which will be less obstructive in travel. Right now, you know, the governments are all deciding who can go where. You know, I read this morning that Qantas Airlines is negotiating with the Australian governments, and they're going to try to um, have a, uh, a vaccination passport to where if you if you are going to want to fly into any of the places in the Pacific where Qantas flies, you've got to prove vaccination. And um, I'm sure that our government, especially if Uncle Joe goes in, is going to really be rigid. Um, you know, if you go over there, you've got to. And then I, you know, I don't know what in France President Macron is going to do. I mean, I, you know, England's having quarantines all over the place. You know, I, I don't want to fly over there and stay in a hotel room for two weeks. So as soon as we know it's possible to do it, we're doing it. Because, hey, this is our job before the kingdom, and God is orchestrating it. And we're going to hit the ground moving quickly and, and effectively. But between now and then, we've got a lot of work to do, and the Father's orchestrating it. You know, our main principal work is intercession. and But then all these other things we've been talking about. Um, so it's a good time, but it's not necessarily the way we deduced things would happen. And um, even over these past few weeks... Uh, you know, I, I've got to continue to remind myself that we're citizens of heaven. We, our conversation is in the heavens, and God is ruling the ultimate playbook. And, you know, there there is going to be a this window. The window of righteousness has not closed. And it might be that, as God so often does, he allows the enemy to do certain things so that there can be a greater... Dominion, a sevenfold uh, fleeing of the enemy that would not have happened had there not have been adjustments, which again, I think that goes back to what Daniel uh, was prophesying about how there's an overcoming and then there's a perceived uh, measure where the saints have been overcome and then there's greater dominion. So, you know, we're we're just God's goodly horse, trained for battle, the honor of the Lord, his imprint upon us is what we are. So with all that being said, I um uh, I want to revisit what the Lord shared this past Sunday about the two fillings of the Holy Spirit. The, the first filling is for the people who have laid themselves out and committed to, to the ways of God. And you obediently hold on when all around it seems like it's pointless for you to hold on. God, God is visiting that dimension of the saints with unprecedented blessing. Restoration, resolution, supply. And it, it really is a delightful thing. It's filling all the house where we're seated as we, with supplication, wait on what the Father has promised. How's that going with you? Are you really laying claim to that? for your life, for your ministry? Are you trusting God? So so many of the things, as, as I've come to realization of this, that God has done over this past year have really been miraculous provisions and interventions. Um, it may not be what we in our carnal thinking or even, a, even 
our carnal thinking sprinkled with spiritual pneumata dust. Um, it may not be that, but God, God really has been providing. There have been amazing repositionings and supply. And those are in preparation for something that's coming. Those are a culmination and a preparation. And have, have you been really giving thanks to the Lord for the things that he has been providing for you, for the way that he's watched over you, for the way that he has supplied, for the way that he's positioned, even the smallest things to the bigger things? Sometimes things happen and we have to just stop and say, wow, I didn't recognize. I didn't recognize that that was really part of this overall thing of filling and supplying. This stop down, as it were, this COVID, uh, I don't want to say isolation, but quarantining, this this way that God has brought us to him. I know for some it's been a challenge. I know for some it's been a, uh, a restriction for your being with your families, depending on which state you're in, or being gathered together with the saints. I, I understand that. But in the midst of it, God has been so good. He just has met with us. And and I think the main thing that we have to do to go from questioning God to enjoying the journey is, again, to recognize that a twofold thing. Number one, we're doing what he's asked us to do. And number two... He is in control. Those two things are essential. Because, okay, how does the enemy attack that? He tries to say, well, God's lost control. You know, the things that you have committed to him, boy, they've gone haywire. So that means that you're, um, or, or perceived to have gone haywire. That means that your assumptions regarding what you're supposed to be doing with God were all wrong. God is not in control. And subsequently, you just need to stop praying. You need to stop doing the things you know you, you, you should do. That's happened in some places. It's happened in some churches. Um, but God forbid it happened in you. So those two things, staying faithful, seeking him, and trusting him, are really the vanguard principle of the way God worked every miracle in the Bible. You think about the miracles. It looks like the best laid plans were all defeated. And here are the people of God in the crosshairs of the enemy. And what are you going to do? But God is in control. And in the midst of that comes a phenomenal provision, deliverance, miraculously demonstrated. And the, the two things are you stick with the plan and you trust God. I mean really Trust God. And when you do that, first of all, you're going to be okay. The plan of God's going to move forward, and God will meet with you in the midst of that. If you, if you are frustrated and angry even, and you're complaining to God, how is that an atmosphere for him to come and commune with you? She, you know, if I know somebody's crossways with me, <laughs> I don't look forward to an interchange with them. I kind of wait till things calm down a little bit. 
if I possibly can. And um, I'm not saying that God is that way, but I, I do know that he, he uh, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I'm letting iniquity be the spokesman, something twisted in me or a cavalcade of things twisted in me, that's not a good framework for you to be communing with God. He loves you, but he's not going to settle into that. He inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits, no matter what's going on, put the praisers out front and you declare, praise waits for you in Zion in the twisted place. And you begin to proclaim what, you may not know exactly how he's going to do it, but you proclaim what God has promised. You, you proclaim your trust in him. You proclaim that God's going to accomplish everything he said. And you, you, you thank him for that. Praise reaches forward. God inhabits that. If you're looking back and you're griping and complaining, God's omnipresent. But he, he's not going to tolerate that, that nonsense. And we can drift off into that if we're not really careful. So, I pray that you are trusting God and that you are functioning in that measure of receiving the filling that he's given. Because, because this is a crossroads. This is a this is a culminative point. It really is the tip of the, of the transitional spear that God's been talking about for the past couple of years. We're in transition. And one dimension, one phase of what he's been having us do in him is, is coming to a divinely ordained completion. Or maybe that's not a good word. A divinely ordained culmination. And then the momentum from that is leading us into the new. And the second filling, that commissioning, that ordaining, that, that uh, activation of uh, an impartation for what's coming, that's next. Um. I don't focus too much on that, even though I know it's there, because I've recognized in the past that when God commissions something, it's usually a surprise. Even, even what he comes to do, and in retrospect then, years later or even months later, you can look back and say, oh, I see why he did that, but at the time you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> So we need to be real careful not to get too prognosticating. But we can certainly praise forward into the things that God has said. We may not know how he's going to do it. We may not know the logistics or the time frames. But we sure know it's coming. It may not manifest in the way that we're envisioning. Because eye is not seen, ear is not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of anyone. The glorious things that God has reserved for those who love him. All things work together for good, for the, for, the, for the divine purpose of the Almighty, to them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. The workings together, we need to be very careful as to over-assessing too far into the future. Because, again... If we knew everything that was coming and the way God was going to do it, where would then be faith? And for some, they may not want to go forward. You know, I was reading last night and even this morning about Gideon, who started his claim to fame in the joy of the Lord by tearing down the ridiculously demonic altar to Baal that was on his father's property. And, you know, Gideon means, means a feller, somebody who knocks things down or cuts things down. 
His father called him Jerubal, which means let Baal contend for himself. And you know, all the things that Gideon went through, but then he started to gather an army and he had 32,000 people. And God said, there's too many. So he said, everybody that's afraid and trembling, you go home. Well, 22,000 of those rascals took off. So he's left with 10,000. And then it's funny because you can hear this preached two or three ways and you read different commentaries and it varies. I'm just telling you that right up front. In fact, one of the best commentaries I read said that somehow our ability to translate the original Hebrew text regarding lapping water as a dog and you know, squatting down, uh, our ability to really discern what that what that interpretation was is confusing. It's not saying it's inaccurate. You're saying it's confusing. So on the one hand, you have some commentators who say those who basically went into a shakha where they're laying on their face drinking water out of the pool um, were the 300. Then on the other hand, you read others, and this is the way it's often preached, where those who laid face down, they were sent home, and the 300 were those who squatted and brought up water with their hand. Now, the point for us is that, you know, there are people who are fearful and there are people who want to keep, um, you know, stay frosty so they can make their decisions as to what they want to do, watching out for themselves. I've, I've always preached it that those who knelt were the 300. But as I've read, um, some who are really tremendous linguistic scholars who say that it's more likely that those who were flat on their face were the 300. They were totally abandoned to God. The whole concept was, I don't want Israel to think that they've won this on their own. And so it would even stand to reason that somebody who adapted a posture that God loves, whether it's Shacha or Proskuneo, to kiss the hand as a dog, would kiss the hand of its master, you would think that God would enjoy somebody who totally abandoned themselves to his protection and were on their face before him. You would think that that makes more pneumaticos sense. But it's not worth arguing about. You know, if you, if you want to hold to the old-timey thought that, you know, you're going to kneel down, that's fine. The essence of it is that God only went with 300 to deliver Israel so that he would receive every measure of validation and that it could not be said, you know, we did this work and look what God did. No, we're just obeying and this is what God did. It's an interesting study. You, you may want to look at it. It's easy to do. Because we all have Bible programs and we have various um, capacities to study. You can even, you don't have to, well, I don't buy all those commentaries. Well, you can look it up on the internet and it pulls up a lot of comments, commentaries. And they'll talk about this very thing. It's interesting. I spent about an hour today looking at it. and um, But the point is that, you know, God's in control. You just follow, and he's going to bring a great victory. Those Midianites and the Amalekites, who God detests still to this day, they're all around us. And, and um, it may look like we're outnumbered. Um, there may be those who were part of the number who weren't afraid, who, who thought, you know what? You think about that, 9,700 people at that pool were sent home. 
Can you imagine such a thing? So, here we are. I don't know some of you are still kind of mystified as to what's going on with the election. The battle's not over, you know. I think what God had us do was what we were commanded to do. And I'm not going to doubt our Father. I am looking forward to the great promises that he has given, the way he's going to touch this nation, the way he's going to touch the world, the way his spirit is going to erupt from heaven and from the deposits of the glory upon the earth, the way he's going to show with signs and wonders and miracles his amazing plan for men and women to know him. Uh, that's that's coming. And, you, you know, you're not going to be able to separate, and I mentioned this on Sunday, the fact that when the light of the Lord shines upon you, darkness is going to be on the earth and gross darkness the people. And man, oh man, that's labeled so well. I, I need to watch myself listening to commentators and politicians some of the things they say are just foul and demonic and it's like the darkness that the enemy stole out there they've made it into a a gross souffle gross goulash and it's just all over them it spews out from them and you think what doctrines of devils be these and I have to be really careful to not allow my spirit to be quelled and for my mind and my emotions to take off and speak into the realm. That's not going to do anybody any good, let alone me or the kingdom. But God is in control. He's not lost his grip on the wheel. And yeah, we're asked to do what he puts in our heart to do. And, and really, we cannot say, well, God, I thought that when I did this, you were going to do this. What's up with that? There are lots of times in the Scripture where the people of God do exactly what God says to do. And then God throws a curveball. The end result is the miraculous. But for all the world, it looks like those people who trusted him and obeyed him missed it or that God played a trick on them. Have any of you felt that way recently? In your heart of hearts, regardless of what you say publicly and you post online, God's in control. We just need to keep doing what he says to do and trust him. So, this has been, uh, this has been an amazing season. And I, I encourage you to give praise for every measure, to give thanks for every measure of provision and supply and positioning that God has done for you. I know in my own family, you know, there, there were decisions made uh, regarding employ. And um, it, it really required a stepping out in faith. And God has provided. God has blessed. God has protected. And we're waiting now for the next phase, the, the second filling, where God commissions and appoints and leads us forward. Many of you are in that situation. You know, I've seen God provide amazingly. At a time where at the beginning of the year, or the, the middling part of the beginning of the year, there were those that were forecasting a, a depression like unto... Nothing we've seen since uh, 1929, the stock market crash. Um, but God has provided. 
How? I don't know. <laughs> God didn't ask me. I can see how it came. I can see that it came, but I don't know how he did it. And there's more coming. Tap into that. And again, it may not be what you and your own thinking has thought God was going to do. So many of the ways the greatest blessings God has given us here at this church have been done in ways that I didn't see coming, even though I knew God was going to provide. The way my thoughts would have counseled God fell by the wayside, but God provided. That's the way God is. Now, there are some things where God says, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it this way. You declare that, you stand on it. Great. But so many more times in the Scripture, we find the people of God doing what they're supposed to do, trusting God, waiting on Him, and the way provision and supply came was an absolute surprise. It's good to be in the hand of the Lord enjoying His surprises, isn't it? So, take advantage of this time where supply and positioning and uh, restoration and um, all kinds of good things are pouring in as a culmination. It's, it's, it's in the wave of the culmination of this window of obedience. And that's, that's a key principle in the Lord, too. And that is that when God begins to move, you set your sail into that wind. When God begins to move, you get into the pool. When, when God begins to move, even in a subtle way, the stirring in the mulberry trees, you, you go. And um, that's a good principle. So I sense this. I know God said it in his word unequivocally. And so I'm doing my best to give thanks to him. And I would do that anyway. It's not from a, another motive other than to get with the program of God, get with the plan of God. Speak it over scenarios that have been seemingly blocked or hindered. Reign that praise in the timing of the Lord upon that thing. And then let God do what he wants with it. But with all of that in mind, we're looking forward to what's coming. The next phase of how God is going to use the saints in these end times. I believe we're already starting to do some of those things. And... Um, but, and, and I believe God has already begun to come upon us to equip us and to impart to us what we need in representing by His Spirit, not by might or by power, but by His Spirit, those ways of God in the days that are coming. But we position ourselves um, based upon the culmination of, as saints, as, as sons, in that seventh day, we rejoice at what God has done. We give him thanks. We praise him for his faithfulness and for his kindness. <clears throat> we, we rejoice in him. And what comes after that seventh day? We go forth into the new. And there's a commissioning there. We've taught on this over and over again, haven't we? It's the ways of God. And on the one hand, we, we're being basked in his glory. And on the other hand, we're looking forward to the day of the mishpat in the ba'ar, the judgment and burning, the application of his purpose and the way God is going to cause things to come into function, into alignment. If there's a wheel within the wheel that we're going to be knowing, where God is leading us in those Two, di two directions of his ways.
And um, But what comes next, just to simplify it again, is that while we're rejoicing at what God has done and what he's doing, we know that the next step is to burst forth into the new. And God will commission what God what God um, appoints, he anoints. And um, that's, that's coming. But we let God do that. We anticipate it, but we just bask at the table with him. As sons, we, we rejoice in him. And um, as we do that, he will come. And he will appoint, and he will direct, and he will release a dimension of the anointing that is reserved for the hour that's ahead. Let him do that. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. But do what you can do right now, and that is rejoice and be blessed in him and bless the Lord. So I encourage you to do that in this Thanksgiving week is a perfect venue for such a thing. And um, do it on your own, but do it on behalf of our nation. Give thanks to God for the way he's blessed us. You know, look at it. At the beginning of this year, we were being told that there'd be millions of people dead, and we, we hate that one person died. But the prognosticators were way off. We were also told that we would be in a great, great depression. Well, today I checked that the stock market was, it may be over 30,000 right now. That's not a depression. And God has provided for us. We need to thank him for that. And, um, but... Recognize the times and seasons, as Issachar has demonstrated, and get your bearings. Um, I would really be careful about hearing all the other opinions that are out there on Christian media. Um, you know, I, there was a prophecy that went off on one of the major... Christian uh, networks a month ago that said President Trump would be reelected and that he would then endure two assassinations attempts. Now, I know the, the man who said that, I know he's well-meaning, I know he's trustworthy. Who knows? President Trump may run again in 2024 and be elected. Who, who knows? But just be careful saddling your, your cart to prevailing opinions, which everybody has one, from the media. Just pray. Be a saint. Do what you're supposed to do. Enjoy the presence of the Father and be ready for him to lead and guide you. You're a saint. You're a rare breed. We rejoice in that calling. So act like it. Well, okay. Um, tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live. And um, there'll be a prayer primer probably coming in on Friday. We're going to move it to Fridays, I think. Because lots of people, if they listen to Wednesday Night Live, they don't listen to it till Wednesday anyway. And so there's no need for a primer on that day. So it'll be Friday. We'll be at church this coming Sunday. Again, once again, I want to thank all of you for praying for me. Um, I give thanks to the Lord that he's giving me increased strength and capacities every day. And I'm still under prescribed uh, restrictions of what I can and shouldn't do. I think I can do anything right now. So I'm more or less policing myself. Um but thank you for praying for me. Please continue to do that. Pray for one another. Pray for the, the movement of the saints that 
we will be positioned accordingly to the divine will of our Father, that we will be ready to move when he says move and that we won't go down any pathways, that we shouldn't, that we won't miss what we should be doing. Uh, We're praying for you. We're happy to do that. We're so blessed to have a family like you. And so, thanks for joining us today. Uh, God bless you all. And we'll look forward to reaching out again tomorrow. Till then, God bless you and goodbye.